Welcome, Gassers, to this A Chat With episode of Gascast. I'm Tom Metcalf, and I'm joined by Matthew Davis, aka Mavis, and Nathan Hallett Young from the Gas Girls. Welcome both. Hello. Yeah, I'm all good. Uh, we last spoke at the beginning of last season, and so much has happened on and off the pitch since then. Uh, let's start with how last season ended. Obviously, COVID affected, but you were crowned champions of the Gloucestershire County Women's Football League. Nathan, as manager, that's obviously job done, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's what we set out to do. Um, <clears throat> it was a circumstance where they only half the league, so we only played everyone one round. Um, so it worked out like six games or so. Um, so, you know, frustrating on one side of things because obviously you want to play as many games as possible and, and, and do it the right way. But, um, you yeah, know, at the end of the day, job done, yes. Uh, league, league one, um, played six, won five, drew one. So, you know, <clears throat> respectable um, kind of circumstance, I guess. Um, but, yeah. At the end of the day, I think it was a target we set out for us to get promoted and get to where we are currently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you had your application to join the Southwest Regional Women's Football League, brackets, Division 1, for the 21-22 season approved over the summer. You'd applied back in January for this to happen. Mavis, forgive my ignorance, but why do you have to apply for this rather than it happening automatically given you know you won the league kind of thing? Yeah, it was, it was quite a tricky one actually because at the time... Uh, back in January, I don't think anybody really knew exactly what was going to happen with grassroots football at the time. Um, so there was a plan in place to try and get football back to some form. Uh, but because it wasn't going to be a complete season, uh, then I think across the pyramid, not just us, it was from tier three down to uh, tier seven and eight even. Um, at the end of that season, you were accepting applications and then they were going to review it. I think we were all quietly confident, really, I think, that we were going to get accepted. Um, however, you don't really know until it comes through. So um, as, as amazing as it was to you know, you know win the league, um, we were still waiting on an email to confirm promotion, which is, which is an interesting one, really. But um, I got that email through. I think we were all confident, like I said. But, um, yeah, I mean, if there was an email coming through to say get promoted, it's, you know, you can't really spray the champagne after reading an email, but so it's quite, uh, it's quite, it was a bizarre scenario, but um, it is what it is. You know, it's been a tough year for everyone in the last 18 months, two years. So um, if, if that's the way it has to be done, then we'll take it. Absolutely. Uh, the step up hasn't phased you at all. Eight wins from eight so far. Uh, Nathan, sounds like you've got one of the easiest in, jobs in football at the moment. <laughs> Uh, I wish. <laughs> obviously, there's still loads of things that we, we need to work on and obviously we're doing our best to, to, to make sure that we are doing the best we can on the pitch. Um, obviously, you know, results and the way the league table looks at the moment looks brilliant from the outside, but obviously it's the hard work that everyone puts in on the inside and you know, we, we set out the target for the start of the season just to compete. So to, to where we are at the moment is is brilliant. To, to be fair, I, you know, I'm I'm more than chuffed to, to obviously be where we are now, and obviously our targets have all kind of changed, and uh, you know expectations are all kind of different. So you know we weren't really sure of how it was going to go. Um, you know, we made additions in the summer and and just kind of hope for the best, um, and, and hope that obviously our, our kind of structure, uh, staffing wise, and and obviously what we have with with the club and with, with both squads would hopefully. 
uh, see us through and, and, and do as well as we can. What do you put your good start down to? Um, I think it's a mix. Obviously, you know, we, we've had, we have a good squad, um, you know, a solid preseason where we, we did test ourselves, uh, you know, compared to what we did previously. Previously, we've kind of played teams that are, um, you know, where we, we expected to, to go in and, and win preseason games. But this this time around, we, we really wanted to kind of challenge ourselves and, and, and see where we were. Um, so, you know, we played Brislington um, during preseason, uh, played Brittany Ferry, um, and they're two really, really good sides, and we've got two really good results from them. Um, so, I think a, a mixture of a really good preseason, um, some solid groundwork put in by, by having Paul as well from the analysis side of things and, and the strength and conditioning side of things has really kind of pushed the girls through. Um, something that we always say is if you're a fit side and a strong side, that's half the battle. Um, yeah, then your, your ability can really kind of shine through so you know, if you look at a lot of our results a lot of our goals come quite late on um, you know so it just shows the girls are just continuing through that 90 minutes and really kind of pushing to the side but the other side of it is you know there is just a brilliant vibe in the camp at the moment um, and that's probably the, the big driving factor is the fact that the girls are loving it we're loving it and everyone's just buzzing at, at the moment and it's, it's brilliant um, you know we haven't had a vibe like this in the camp ever so you know obviously off the back of winning the league you know you think the vibe's going to be brilliant and it has been brilliant at points and it has been you know really good but at the moment it's just you know second to none um you know everyone's setting up for training buzzing and you're getting really large large numbers in training and everyone's really putting their work in and it's you know everyone's kind of fighting and, and pulling together for each other um and i think that's the, the main kind of factor for um our success is is the fact that everyone just wants this yeah, you mentioned um, you've got a good squad. I remember when I came up on your first season, I came up to um, Stadio Dalles and you said there was a few players in there that were kind of playing below their level. Do you think still Bristol Rovers women's is a big draw for players to kind of drop down that little bit? Yeah, I think I think it's always going to be um, a big draw for a lot of players. I think you know, we're, we're in a situation where you know, the, the badge is always going to draw players to it, especially the history behind the club. Um you know, it's always going to be a factor, and there's a lot of a lot of people that we always see and speak to um, quite often, where they turn around and say, you know, I, I used to play for uh, the Gas Girls previously when it when it was there, or I used to play for Bristol Academy, and you're like, brilliant, okay, you know, what was it like? We love to, to get that kind of information from from everyone as well, but um, it's always going to be a big draw, and I think obviously what we do off the pitch as well is is the bigger draw as well because you know, obviously the, the the two the two kits we've got in terms of the her game two and the, and the bristol pride kit they're both massive draws for everyone because they're sending the right po- and, the, and, the, and the positive message um across the sport yeah and um <laughs> when i came up to study adeles there's yeah a, a massive amount of people just watching just training do you get like big crowds up there at the moment games wise <laughs> obviously COVID and, and last season, back in the last season, we, we, we couldn't couldn't get crowds in and you, you want to, but you know, we, we average about 80 people per game um, when, when it's not wet, uh, wet and kind of rainy and windy up at the top of uh, that balcony. Because obviously as soon as the rain comes in, it's <laughs> it's not the nicest place to be. But obviously when it's the sun's shining, it's, it's a brilliant place. And the best thing about it is it's, it's a really good area to kind of watch the game because you can see everything that's going across. It's um, they're not just kind of a flat situation where you can only see what's kind of going on ground level which you know elevated where you can start to see how the game is opened up and 
how we actually do like to play. Yeah, and you're on a 3G pitch. Is that quite common in, in the division you're in? No, <laughs> not not very common. Um, <clears throat> hasn't been common for the well, what's it, 24 kind of league games that we have played, 25 league games that we have played. Um, you know, it's not been... Dare, dare I say we haven't actually played on another one? No, we've played on one more, one other one. So, yeah, uh, it hasn't hasn't happened quite often. So, you know, when we do go away, it's, it, you, you do get a few comments thinking, oh, right, well, they're not going to play on grass because they're, they're, they're privileged and expecting to just play on a carpet. But, you know, our, our kind of key factor is if you, if you can't play on the, the 3G, then you can't play anywhere. So, you know, it just gets to the point. And, you know, we've, we've proved quite a few teams that you know no matter the grass situation whether it's just a load of mud or if it's a perfect surface you know we can play above the surface on it if we need to and it just depends on what we want to do on the day and when we want to turn it on basically yeah i wanted to ask you about your style of play because by my maths you've scored so far in the league 34 goals and conceded eight it's not bad at all no clean sheets in that are you kind of attacking blow teams away just outscore everyone yeah i obviously it's, it's hard to say. I am frustrated the fact that we have conceded. Um, you know, I think there's been a few few situations where we probably didn't need to. I think there's a you know one or two mistakes in there, but you know it's a young squad, so we're going to make mistakes at points, and there's always going to be that situation. But the main thing from from my end and, and the way we like to play in the, it's, it's it's expansive attacking football. Um, you know, I, I've always looked at football as a as a point of what's the what's the game? Well, how do you go and win the game? I've got to attack you, so I may as well attack you for the whole game and, and, and get as far ahead as I can do. You know, if you attack me and you get one, all right, cool. I've got eight. So you know, I'd, I'd, I'd want to, I'd want to be winning games and I wanted to be effectively me going at the other team um, as much as possible. So, you know, it shows with the girls and you know, we like to play on the front foot. Um, I think obviously that will always slowly kind of change across leagues that we do go up you know we eventually will have to identify when to when to defend when to attack and the right situations and I think you know um, a good explanation of that one was the, was the Brislington game um, in pre-season you know, we won 5-3 but you know, we, we adapted system um, as we went so you know we, we started off in a 4-3-3 three, three, very attacking took the game to them you know got ourselves in a, in a commanding position um, and then to, to close off the game, you know, we, we dropped back into into a situation where it's kind of a four five one, left a focal point, and, and decided just to you know hit him on the counter attack and you know clinch a couple of goals off that way as well. So you know, it, depending on how we play, the, the, the kind of style of play and effectively the, um, the playing styles of what we do is is effectively we're still going to attack at the right times and identify the right situation. And I think. The girls are really bought into the way we want to play, and I think that's a, again another factor of, of why a lot of players do come across to us. I think you, when you play against a side that's just going to be relentless and attack all the time and be on the ball and like to play with the ball, I think a lot of people turn around and say, "Did you know what? It's a bit of me. I want to. I want to play with the ball. I want to actually be able to use it instead of just pump the ball into channels um, and then kick and run." Because um, at the end of the day, if, if I was a striker and I was, I was getting the ball pumped to me and have to chase the channels all the time, I'd, I'd eventually get fed up and go, it's too much running for me. That's fair enough. Does that, does that kind of um, get matched by the development side as well? Do you try and match systems or is it the players are so different that you just kind of 
do their own thing kind of thing? We try to, uh, best we can. So, you know, myself and Will, um, we speak a lot about um, football in terms of how we play, how we do certain things and they kind of match up to, to the way we kind of want to play. Um, just slight, slight differences in terms of how, how it kind of runs. Obviously, personnel will be different as well. Sometimes the formation can differ as well. You know, we, we won't always stick to the same formation. We can chop and change. And I think the nice thing about us as a, as a, as a first team, um, we're very fluid, one of the best words to say, you know, where you'll, you'll notice that, like, yeah, you can set up in a, in a 4 5 1 or 4 3 3, but actually, what does it look like when you have the ball and what does it look like when you don't have the ball? Um, and, that's, and that's what the development team are also doing. Um, they're just a little bit further behind and down the road to it. So, you know, they're getting there, and I think, you know, it's showing with their results as well as it comes in, and, you know, they kind of build from there. You made three signings over the summer, a lot less than the, the men's team. Um, is it a case now where you, you just need to add quality instead of quantity? Yeah, I think I think that's the case. You know, we've got a, a very strong backbone to this team now. Um, you know, they've, they've played the same way for the last three years and they've grown and adapted to it. And we've added stuff on top of it um, across three seasons and across the season for last season. And especially over lockdowns, we were able to really kind of throw the kind of homework elements into it in terms of let's let's learn how we're going to do this and what's the best way. And I think, you know, I've learned a lot from the girls in terms of how they want to do certain things. And I've not kind of just forced my way and said, this is the way, you know, it's it's a lot of kind of player feedback in terms of what we are doing, um, which is, you know, it gives that player buyback as well at the end of the day. And that's why they want to do a lot of it. Um, so, you know, I think that'll be the, the common theme for the next couple of seasons, um, it will just be add add additional bits of quality. Let's let's identify where we can be a little bit better, and um, you know, it's not going to be you know throwing players out because you know the squad is very good and probably could you know dare I say it you know got me in my hat, but you know, could could compete the next level, probably the level above that potentially. So you know, we're we're already looking at how how we can strengthen for next season. Um, you know, hopefully we'll bring in some 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 quality players just to add to that strong uh, kind of strength and add to the depth of the squad as well. Um, you know, the big thing we've really spoke about this season is that you know the squad wins you a title, the squad wins you a league. Um and it's shown this season because we haven't had just one goal scorer. Um, you know, we've had multiple goal scorers, we've had multiple player before player matches. Um you know, a lot of development team players that have stepped in, especially when we've had absences. You know, and then the squad depth this season is, is really kind of showing and you know, next season will be hopefully exactly the same where you know, we can add the little bits of quality but still have a strong depth and a lot of competition with the squad so everyone's kind of pushing each other to that kind of next level. Yeah, the, the yeah. Thing over the summer you picked up uh, training sessions. So how important is that as a kind of recruitment tool compared to how much of it is important just from a kind of community getting girls to be able to play football kind of aspect? I think obviously the, the community element is, is massive. I think yeah, we've always said that we wanted you know, as many women, girls playing football as possible. And I think that's the, the, the key thing, the key message that we're always going to send for our own trials. You know, anyone of any ability can come along and play, and you know, everyone should have the opportunity to the game. Um, obviously, <clears throat> it's massive for us as well as a recruitment tool because the more players that come in, the more players you have to see. You know, you can identify those players that will fit the system, that will fit what you want to do, and, and how you want to. Kind of implement them as a, as a person as well to the squad. 
And Mavis, do you know, off the top of your head, I'm going to put you on the spot, how many originals you have from that very first season? Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I'd say, what, what do you reckon? i, I got to help you. Nate, uh, you about, <laughs> probably about 60%, 70%. Is this obviously included in first team and development? Because there's obviously there's a few, a lot more development team there is there than there is first team. Yeah, well, we've had... Um, 16 girls come from a development team into the first team, like as a given those opportunities to them, which is which is massively important. Um, so there has been a lot of kind of they've been in the system for a while, uh, but some have had that kind of promotion then into the first team. Um, so I think since the start, with the other two teams, I'd probably say about 65 to 70 percent of the girls are still with us, um, and I think that's made a massive difference when um, Nate and myself set up the club we had an idea of exactly how we wanted to play and the type of players that we were looking for um, and it's full credit to Nathan and the rest of the coaching staff because you know, they've done a brilliant job over the last three years and um, I think girls have really taken it on board uh, and I think that's why you know, a lot have decided to stay and they can see where this is going and they can see the journey and the progression on and off the pitch you know we're still not there yet but um, I think it's that sort of atmosphere, that culture that we're building uh, really does make a difference. Just doing the maths off the top of my head as well. I've been, in terms of the first team, there's seven to eight players from the first season that are still remaining. And obviously, they're, they're the kind of core backbone to the to the squad. Um, obviously, we've added added quality into that. And, you know, there, there is obviously more players in there that, that is part of that backbone. And obviously, the, the squad in general will be you know, key. But... Yeah, I think from the from the original first season when we first set up and started, there's yeah, there's from a from a squad of I think we had eighteen players. So I think you know, 10, 10 have left us. So who have been the, the standout performers so far this season, Nathan? Um well, I think obviously you want to kind of go down the, the route of the goal scorers. I think, you know, ZFS, uh, so that's what Zoe Fulton Stewart, she's she's really come a long way, especially since her leg break uh, with the Dolan team in the first season. You know, it was ironic that she uh, that that kind of injury happened because obviously when it when it all happened the week after we were like we wanted to bring you into the first team like you've excelled in the development team and then it you know it all kind of transpired that the way it did but you know she's done brilliantly to a come back from that kind of injury you know because it could have been a career threatening injury um, but um, you know she's been brilliant and she's been kind of a main staple as a as a right forward for us um, this season. You know, she's she's got five goals so far. Um, you know, she's doing doing really well and obviously just a key focal point for us to go forward with. You know, same for Anis on the other side. Um, and Rosanna, I think they, you know, as 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 forwards go at the moment, you know, everyone's really chipping in and they're they're very, very potent. But on the flip side, I think you've got got to look back to the leadership of both Natty and Lib um as as our kind of captains in there. Um, you know. There's been games where Natty's not been available or, or, or live on the flip side and they're both really stepping up and, 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 and leading from the front as much as possible. I think, you know, there's been a couple of nicknames thrown around about certain players coming in. So Katie Rawlins is, has been superb for this season. Um, you know, she's really stepped up massively. Um, she's picked up a couple of a couple of nicknames. You know, she's got she's got Rockstar at the moment where you know she's she's two player of the matches and she's kind of flying. So you know, at that point, but we've also kind of on the quiet. Maeve and I have, have nicknamed her the insurance. She's just one of those situations as a as a holding midfielder, kind of like your N'Golo Kante, where you know something's just 
kind of broken down and you've lost the ball and then who's there? Ah, Katie's there, it's fine, just sweep it up, it's all right, don't worry about it. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> there's been some real standout performances across the squad. No, you know, I wouldn't be able to highlight just the, just a single player and say, yeah, you've been superb. I think, you know, everyone's really pitched in, pitching their job, you know, uh, and done as, as best as they can. You know, you even look at the fullback situation where they've got multiple assists to their name just because they're, they're getting on so much and, and pushing themselves forward. So, yeah, I think, yeah, tough question, but uh, hopefully that's <laughs> the best kind of answer for it. Yeah, you've probably upset about four or five of the uh, the players by not mentioning them, but um, <laughs> you could just go one to 11, but uh, it'd be a bit boring. Um, Mavis, since we last spoke, um, how much do you think the women's game has come on more generally in this country? I, I certainly notice it a lot more on like the BBC especially. Yeah, I mean, I, I think every time we talk, I think just something, something extraordinary has happened in the women's game. And you know, like you said, the BBC and Sky deals with WSL is that massive so the ticket sales for the uh, women's euros in england next year um i think a breaking records as well um and i think sponsors are beginning to be more commercially aware of the potential of the women's game now um and that's only going to get bigger and better across the board um it's not going to happen overnight i mean i don't think that in my lifetime the women's game will be as big as the men's but that's absolutely fine as long as it's sustainable, growing, giving girls the opportunity to play and have all the aspirations, you know, to be an international or play professionally or, or whatever, then then it can only be a good thing. And, uh, and I think for other clubs as well, you know, if you're getting more females to become supporters, then commercially for your own club, it's going to be good. They're going to be buying tickets, they're going to be buying shirts, or whatever it may be. So it, it can only be a good thing across the board. Uh, but it's just got to grow organically and um, it is starting to do that and the levels are getting better um, so it's genuinely really really exciting which is why myself and Nate are fully on board with uh, women's football and, and where it's going now Yeah looking more specifically at the gas girls as much as happens has happened on the pitch this season so much more has gone on off the pitch um, let's start with her game two one of the founders of course is Gas Cassone Casme. Mavis, you produced a special edition away shirt with Her Game 2 as the front of shirt sponsor this season. What made you want to get involved with Her Game 2? Um, it, was, it was a no-brainer, an absolute no-brainer from our end. Um, I think even before the campaign was launched, um, I was briefly speaking to Kaz about a similar kind of topic, really. And uh, we, we've witnessed it ourselves. Um, you know, we've had uh, comments being shot with it at the girls at training. Um, I witnessed it myself at games, uh, whether it was a home or away. Not not a Rovers game, but uh, games I've been to before. Um, so I'm I'm acutely aware of it. You know, my wife's a big football fan as well. Um, you know, touch what she hasn't experienced anything herself personally, but we are aware of friends who've gone through some sort of things, really, whether it's online or in person. Um, so it was always quite a, a, a topic that I was aware of and interested in and as soon as the camping was launched incredibly successfully as we all as we all know um yeah we, we started talking straight away um and we offered uh, the front of shirt sponsorship as a donation um it's something that we're likely to do going forward i think we did the same with Bristol Pride, um and i think we, we as long as we're working with organizations charities whoever it may be um to help them 
through exposure or whatever it may be, then uh, that's what we're about. And I think that's really, really important that we're going to keep doing that. But yeah, the girls are hearing him too have been amazing. It's, it really did take off again. Um, and we're going to be doing some more stuff as well in the future. And, and just because, you know, like the Bristol Pride last, you know, last time, just because we're not wearing their shirt as much, that doesn't mean the partnership's ended. You know, we have got things in, uh, in place and planned for the summer. Um, and we'll be doing the same with every organisation we work with. Yeah, the, I wanted to point out the all the proceeds from the, the shirt sales will be reinvested back into free football provision for girls within the community, which is absolutely amazing. And it leads on to one of the reasons why you and Adam Tutton, Adam Tutton, sorry, he's going to kill me for saying that wrong. Uh, you were the first ever recipients for the Her Game 2 Hero Award for your contribution to Her Game 2 in uh, that was launched in May 2021. Um, I mean, that must have been just the icing on the cake, right? Yeah, it's really nice, really nice. I mean, we didn't expect that. Um, but again, it, you know, it's a, it's a team effort. Uh, you know, everything will be do off the pitch. Um, I don't like Nathan, the UAE is involved himself with the football side, and more sort of off the pitch and how we kind of build ourselves and all the boring admin work. But but we like we both have a view on everything. We both have an opinion on everything. Um, and that's why it kind of works as well. And, and Adam's been great as well. You know, we, we all the sort of decisions like that. You know, we we do chat to him about it, and we, you know, we weigh everything up in the right way. And I, we've all got the same vision as to where we want to take this. And uh, but yeah, it was lovely to get that. Well, we weren't expecting it at all, like I said. Um, but uh, yeah, it's nice to see that what we're doing is being recognised. And yeah, it just makes me really proud. Really, really proud. That's really good. Um, you mentioned it a couple of times there, the Pride Edition shirt. I'm currently wearing it. I can see it on your wall, Nathan. You didn't get the memo, obviously, but maybe next time. <laughs> um, it's We're just talking about it just before we started recording. It's in the National Football Museum now, which is obviously massive. Um, do you think sport is a good kind of vehicle for breaking down barriers with the, the Pride and the Her Game 2 and things like that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, sport is unbelievably powerful um you know uh whether it's from a, on a, from a political standpoint you know we still read about it you know all the time but um that's not what we you know kind of what we mean in terms of the political side of things but i think myself and nathan we both work with community trust so you know we're well aware of how important just something simple like getting access to free football can be for someone because they've never had access to it before uh, we've got a girl who's in our development team at the moment. Um, really raw, talented girl, but she's never been in the team. She just played in school. She's never really had the access to playing in the team. And, I'm, and I think, well, wow, that's like, well, how's that the case? You know, why, sh- why should that be a problem for someone? So um, what we do, the community trust of like free, whether it is free sessions or, or partnering up with a mental health uh, charity, um, to offer, you know, people who may be um, experiencing difficulties, you know, to, just to be around people, socialising and playing football, it's, it's massive. It can be so, so powerful. Um, and, uh, you know, there's loads of different things that we can, we can use an example of, really. We've got the Fit Fans programme, which is, you, you know, like all these Bristol Rovers fans, whether it's male or female, get together. And that's using the power of football to benefit somebody's health. And we've got the results to prove that. Um, so so important, and I think if, if, if 
you know, people within the LGBT community can see that, you know, we're supporting and we support their message and they support their community, then what's the harm in that? And it's the same with her game too. With young girls coming through, if they can see the principle of women is supporting uh, females playing, supporting football, then that can't be a bad thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the schemes, I mean, we could almost spend an hour talking about all the schemes that uh, the Community Trust has been involved in, but I just wanted to pick out uh, one, which is the EFL Trust Female Talent Inclusion Programme. I wanted to ask about that. I was very curious. What does that um, involve for the Gas Girls? Uh, yes, yeah, so um, the, the EFL Trust launched this new programme uh, about six to eight months ago, and it's in partnership with the FA. Um, and I think there's about 20, 30 community trusts and foundations across the EFL who are now part of this programme. Uh, so we're lucky enough to be um, one of the CCOs who are delivering this. Uh, so it's basically a referral process that any of our community coaches out there uh, who might be working in a school or free football session or a tournament, it could be anything. Uh, but from the age of roughly 9, 10, up to 16, you know, we have uh, the resources now that we can refer these girls um, into the talent pathway. And then it's up to, uh, up basically, the FA, where they want to do next, where they want to come and watch a particular individual um, and offer them support to where they, depending on how they progress, really. So we're, we're effectively like a scouting system for the FA. And um, we were at a tournament about three weeks ago, a primary school tournament, and um, there were three individuals who we're likely to, uh, to refer through. So they don't necessarily in conjunction with what we do with the gas girls, but they are they have been involved with something that we've done in and out with the community. So um, so we were doing the same uh, across some of the sessions that we do, like the participation session for someone that we feel that you know has some sort of potential then at least they're on the system and then and it's up to the FA kind of what they want to do next. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's an exciting opportunity to, to offer. And I mean, we, we can never guarantee that they're going to get an England cap, you know, as I'm not, you know, it's not how, it's, how it works, but at least there is a potential of that opportunity being there for them, which again, you know, it, it's really, really important. It'd be an awesome claim to fame in the pub. If you're sat there, someone gets subbed on and you're just like, I scouted her. And she's getting her first England cap. That'd be um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, for us as well. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, that would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, do another Jeff Bradford. Um, recently, some of the girls attended the Halloween party put on by the Community Trust in partnership with the Supporters Club. Uh, Nathan, I didn't see you in the pictures because, and I was a bit disappointed because I thought you'd make an absolutely brilliant lurch. <laughs> I was actually there. I just just stayed away from the camera um just just lurking in the background so potentially as a lurch um but um <laughs> yeah just yeah it was it was enjoyable and i i think it was well i was only there for about a good half an hour kind of watching the, um everything that was kind of going on um, again just, just kind of helping out as obviously as from my role as in, in the community trust but um yeah it looked like a good evening i think the, the best thing about it is the fact that it's a hundred odd Kind of young, potentially young gas heads, um, they're enjoying themselves. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, how did the girls find it? I, I think between between the ones that were from the team and uh, the first team, fully fully enjoyed it. I think you know we've got a couple of the girls that come back in. Um, the first team still had training that night, so uh, they, they're there for a majority of the, the time, and, and then come straight back out. And 
it was an enjoyable session because they're all in a, a very good mood. I think they had a lot of sweets and there, there was a lot of stories going on about obviously um, kind of the different activities they were they were doing. So I think that the main theme was uh, that Kelly just really, really enjoying her time, just laughing at everything. I think and Lib was doing, I kind of didn't get much detail because the majority of the time they were just kind of wet themselves laughing. So, you know, as a session kind of goes, it was a little bit of a, not a wasted session, but just very much just, I'm, I'm not going to get any coaching out here. Um, so let's just, just have a bit of a laugh and play football. Uh, and obviously the, the girls kind of followed suit from how, how the kids were kind of obviously acting at the party. I think uh, I think doing the YMCA is like now part of the warm-up routine. <laughs> I think is, is that how it works now? We go with that. They had fun. <laughs> Brilliant. It was a good night. Really good. Um, Mavis, how how important is it uh, for the community trust that the players do attend these kind of events? Ah, uh, yeah, it's absolutely massive. I mean, it's it, uh, especially for like all the young girls out there who, who maybe find this play. Um, you know, to be able to see women and girls actually playing and getting involved you know it's massive um as part of my role as a trust as well uh, i, I organise uh, our first team players visit in the community as well um and, and yeah it makes a massive difference and i think if, if players it doesn't matter whether it's the men's or women uh, are getting involved with these kind of initiatives uh, and it'll, it'll make it does make a massive difference to um some of these days some of these weeks some of these years even you know it doesn't matter how old they are um, and during the pandemic, that made a massive difference as well. Uh, you might have seen some of the things that we were doing um, with, the, with the, the men's team and the women's team. Uh, and it genuinely does make a huge, huge difference. Um, and we will continue to do that. And, and the girls buy into it as well. The girls get it. They understand what we're about. Um, and they enjoy it. You know, they. I think, you know, we can be more than just a football team. Anyone can do that. But I think if we become, you know, a, a part of the club, part of the community, then... And yeah, that, that's exactly what we need to be doing. Do you think going forward you'll do more kind of joint events with the supporters club? I know they've changed chairman now and um, they were obviously instrumental in getting the gas girls off the ground, but it feels like they've kind of reset their relationship with the football club. Has there been a similar thing with the community trust or has it always been quite close like that? Yeah, it's always been quite good, actually. Um, David Thomas, obviously, is um, a new chairman. He was heavily involved. Uh, with the gas bills since the start, you know, as secretary, he was um, coming to all our games and he bought into what we were doing straight away. Um, and it, it's it's really nice to see, um, like you said, you know, the, the reset switch there. And um, I think I, I think it'll work really, really well. And uh, we've been, we've been working together, like I said, for, you know, two and a half years anyway. And um, I, I think we'll continue to be doing a lot more stuff now uh, with the trust with the girls. And the supporters club, and it's really nice to see that those bridges, the bridges now starting to build uh, with the club. And I, I, I think everyone now is really positive by how that's going to how that's going to go now. And Nathan, for people listening who would like to come and see the Gas Girls play, where can they find out that information, your fixtures, and all that kind of stuff? Good question. Uh, that's probably one for Maeve, to be fair. No, um, <laughs> social media is probably your, your best bet. Obviously, we we have our own website. Um, which you can grab hold of again from our social media. So um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, we'll have links to, or just type in Bristol Rovers Women's FC, I've got the right name, onto Google, and it should should come up. And you play your home games at the Lotley Sports Centre, right? 
Yes, yeah, Lockley Sports Centre on the uh, on the on the big three G football pitch. It's, uh, it's it's a very large pitch, so uh, you can't go can't well can't really miss it. And um, obviously, as you come in through Bonington Walk um, into Lockley's uh, off Fulton Avenue, yeah, again the, the sports centre is massive. You can't really miss it. Perfect. Um, and Mavis, for people who would like to get involved or maybe have girls that want to play football, how can they do that? Uh, yeah, again, uh, come to our website. There is a contact. Uh, section on there and I'll come straight through to myself um, if they want to get involved on the participation side of things then um, that normally will get referred to Nathan um, if they want to come part a trial to be a part of our team we can even refer them to the open trials in the summer or they can come to a session with us just to take part um, or if they're interested in doing the education side of things as well if you, uh, in the community trust we run a BTEC um, for boys and girls looking to get into the Sport industry. Um, again, it'll all come through to me and I can refer them to the, the right people within the trust then. So, yeah, if anything like that, or anybody's interested in getting involved to some, some degree, um, just visit the website and it'll, um, any emails and contacts come through to me then. Lovely stuff. Um, looking forward now, I suppose I was going to ask you what the expectations for this season are, but I wanted to ask how they've changed considering your fantastic start. Yeah, so obviously um, <clears throat> expectations were to compete, see where we were after the first kind of five games. <clears throat> um, obviously, after those first five games, we were we were flying. So you know, expectations have changed to okay, can we maintain this you know, in house? We we said you know, look, okay, let's try and be top end, um, let's try and be as as close to the top as we can do. Obviously, now we're in a you know advantageous situation. You know, we're eight points clear. At the moment, um, <clears throat> depending on games in hand, you know we could be five points clear still. So, you know we're in a we're commanding position. Um, <clears throat> we've played majority of teams in the league now, and you know our expectations have, have, have really focused on to to win the league and, and promotion now. Um, I think you know we're saying in house, and obviously don't want to count our chickens when we're touching wood and all that stuff. But you know we're looking at winning this league as much as possible and and, and doing the best we can and really focusing towards next season now. Um, I think it's, it's probably the best thing for us to, to really think about how do we continue to strengthen and and obviously see how we go for ready and, and well, build and, and get ready for, for potentially next season in a higher division. And Mavis, what's next for the Gas Girls and the Community Trust? What's the next kind of things you've got coming up? I know you've always got a million and one things on. What are the next bits? Oh, he's dead again. Is he? No, he's having a good old no, scratch. <laughs> you were just on my screen, just scratching away. Yeah, I think uh, I think some I think the wife might be using the Wi-Fi downstairs as well. So getting a bit. Big she's getting again. yeah, she's getting annoyed while trying to watch Married at First Sight, yeah, and it keeps I'm, buffering. Good program as well. We have got like one of those booster adapters because we only just moved away. moved in about three four weeks ago, so we did have an adapter booster thing. So. Obviously, obviously, we need it. It's just boosting it from one to two, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably. Uh, let's try it again, shall we? Yeah, yeah. So, Mavis, what's next for the Gas Girls and the Community Trust? I know you've got a million and one things on at all times, but what are the the next next on the to do list? Oh, that's a bit. Uh, yeah, it's quite a lot. Quite a lot, really. Yeah, there's a lot of things in the pipeline, really. Um, there's a lot of sort of events that we're gonna be running in conjunction with the Gas Girls. Uh, we've got the EFL Girls Cup, uh, which is happening at, 
on the 19th this month. I think we've got about 160 girls picking up next, something like that. Uh, to be exact, it'll be 164. Well, 164 girls. Um, <laughs> so we got that coming up soon, uh, which is a, a secondary school tournament for year, year seven and eight. Uh, the winners of that will represent us in the next round uh, on the way to Wembley then. So, um, yes, yeah, so it, it, there's events like that coming up, um, but there's always a kind of things in the pipeline for we do. Nothing really sort of specific, but we've got a few ideas of where we want to, where we want to take this next. And, um, There'll always be a lot of community-related work, whether it's the education, participation. Um, there'll be a lot of that kind of thing happening in the next, um, in the years to come. Yeah, lovely stuff. Um, I think that's pretty much all we've got time for today. Thank you very much, both, for your, your time tonight. And um, oh, thank you, no yeah, thank you, Gas Eds, for listening as well. And just leaves me to say up the gas, girls. Up the gas, up the gas, girls.